0: Welcome to Ecology Matters, a podcast from the Ecological Society of Australia, featuring ecologists from all over the country. The, the biodiversity in this part of the world is just incredible. It's, it's not just ice and snow. It's teeming with life on the coast. I see that and I say, OK, well, that's a great opportunity to study to study it more. Yeah, looking at those sites gives you a sense of joy and, and hope. Lovely and orange is incredible just yeah it's a it's a really awesome program and it's just so healing like for our whole community it's the beauty of ecology is that it's so interconnected yeah it's been
1: really exciting
0: actually. joining us today is university of sydney phd candidate rensky jongen rensky's career has taken her from dreams of veterinary science to studying the effect of climate change on winter moths in the netherlands and juvenile fish species in south australia She's now investigating the role of sediment microbes in seagrass response to environmental stress and how we can use that knowledge to aid restoration of seagrass beds. Renski was awarded the inaugural 2022 Peter Fairweather Student Conference Support Award.
1: Um, So what I'm working on is I work on seagrasses. And... um, Seagrasses are marine flowering plants. So unlike algae, which yeah, most people compare them to seaweeds, which they are not. They're not the same as seaweeds. So they actually have flowers, they have fruits, they produce seeds and everything. Um, and they're really, really important ecosystems because they provide habitat for a lot of marine animals. Uh, they sequester a lot of carbon. Uh, they stabilise the sediments and they protect us from storms. Um, so, yeah, they're really, really important. But... Unfortunately, like a lot of ecosystems at the moment, they're disappearing at a very fast rate. Um, yeah, we're actually losing an area the size of a soccer field approximately every half an hour. So there have been quite a lot of efforts already trying to uh, preserve and restore these seagrass beds, but often they are not very successful. Um, and I think the reason for that is that most of these um, restoration efforts have focused on everything that is happening above ground. So like the water quality, um, uh, the vi- amount of light that's available, all those kind of things. But if you look at terrestrial plants, um, which seagrasses are very related to because they evolved from terrestrial plants and then moved back into the sea. For terrestrial plants, you see that the soil is really, really important for terrestrial plants. Um, like they provide, there's a a lot of microorganisms in the soil that provide nutrients to the plants. And um, yeah, so my background is actually in terrestrial plant ecology. And then I realized that virtually nothing is known about this for seagrasses. So I basically tried to understand whether the sediment is as important for seagrasses as it is for terrestrial plants. Um, And I specifically look at um, the microbes that can be found in the sediment. And yeah, basically try to figure out what do these microbes do? Are they important for the health and growth of seagrasses? And can we perhaps use them later for restoration and improve the efforts that have been attempted so far? And what would a typical day look like for you with your research? Oh, a typical day. I don't think there's ever a typical day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, basically, my research involves a lot of experiments. so i don't I'm not the type of person that like goes into the field and samples and then goes back. I really try to, f- yeah, um figure out like causative relationships between different things that I see. Um, so I manipulate different things in the seagrass so for example I remove microbes in the sediment or not and then subject these seagrasses to for example different stressors and then see if it matters if I remove those microbes or not whether they do better or worse with or without those microbes and then later try to tease apart whether those of which microbes might be responsible for the effect that I see.
0: How do you see the results of your research being used and applied in the future?
1: Yeah whether of course, my ultimate goal would be to enhance the way we restore seagrasses at the moment, and how I foresee this happening in the future is um, if we know what kind of sediment conditions are really important for seagrasses, then we might adjust the way we restore seagrasses at the moment. So usually, how it's done is you take a shoot um, and you basically just plant it right into the sediment and where it should go, but it hasn't really been taking into consideration the what the sediment conditions are at the spot where you are uh, trying to restore them. So if we know what's important, we might pr- perhaps transplant the seagrasses in like biodegradable baskets that have the proper sediment conditions that the seagrasses need to grow. So we could perhaps add different nutrients or different microbes that we know help seagrasses do better. So instead of just randomly planting them in a spot, we could yeah, adjust that a little bit to make it perhaps more successful.
0: How how did you make that switch from um, studying terrestrial plants to studying seagrasses and soil sediment?
1: Yeah, my journey to Australia is a very special and long one like actually i did a bachelor's and master's in biology but actually my master's was focused on animal behavior which is something completely different to what i'm doing right now um yeah and i did a master's thesis at an institute um and i worked on on moths in relation to climate change then as soon as i finished my master's uh, a research assistant position yeah, opened up at that institute and I was invited to apply for that position um, and that was on plants and soil and I had no background whatsoever in plants or soil or organisms. I knew nothing um, but I really really liked the institute and the people seemed really nice so I was like okay let's a- apply anyway because I was still doubting whether I wanted to do a PhD or not and I thought it would be a good moment to actually yeah gain a little bit of experience in the field and in the lab and try to figure out what research actually is um yeah and then it would give me some time to figure out whether i would want to do a phd or not um so yeah i did that research ap- position a research assistant position for about three and a half years and i really enjoyed it. it was was a great moment and i learned so many things but at some point yeah, I started to feel like I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do my own thing. So instead of helping everyone with their research, I wanted to answer the questions that I had myself. So then I started looking around and I've been to Australia before for another master's thesis. And I really, really enjoyed Australia. So I always said like, if I'm going to do a PhD, it has to be in Australia. And then very randomly, I came across a tweet um, where there was a PhD position advertised for this project on seagrasses, looking at the soil. And I was like, yeah, this, yeah, this is for me like soil in Australia with plants. And yeah, I applied for that. We had a chat and yeah, I applied for a scholarship. I got the scholarship and here I
0: am. I believe you wanted to be a veterinarian when you were younger. How have the twists and turns in your career path so far impacted on you as an ecologist?
1: oh in many ways um yeah I think it's it's pretty common I think everyone has it as when you grow up you have an ideal image of the job that you want to do and you kind of work towards that and it's totally fine if you really know what you want and you work towards that goal and you achieve that and you're happy and everything but I don't think it's as common as you might think so I indeed wanted to be a veterinarian but then realized yeah it I had a bit of a, how do you say that? Ideal image of that. And it wasn't really like that for in real life. And then I also, I realized that I, I'm a curious person. I have a lot of questions. I want to know how things work. And as a vet, you can do that, of course. But I thought then later in doing biology or science fits better with that, yeah, that curiosity, let's say. Um, so yeah, I think the thing that, help me get here is just to always have an open mind. Just keep your eyes open to opp- opportunities that arise and things that people say, and just try out some new things. Even though if you know don't know anything, just go for it, try for it, and maybe you fail or fail hard. But when you fail hard, you learn a lot of things as well. And I think that happened a lot to me. Like I did so many things that I had to do for the first time that a lot of people knew way more about than me. Um, But yeah, now over time, I feel pretty confident in those different things and it is helping me a lot during my PhD now. So I do think it it helps me do this PhD in a more calm and, yeah, different way because of those experiences that I had in the past.
0: Ecology Matters is a podcast by the Ecological Society of Australia. A not-for-profit organization supporting ecologists and ecological science in Australia. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. To learn more about our work follow us on social media, visit our website or sign up to our newsletter. You can find links to these in the show notes. The theme music is Glow by Scott Buckley. Lastly, thank you to all the ecologists who have taken part in this series and shared their perspectives on why ecology matters.